Welcome to the Psychological Society of Ireland, the PSI podcast, where we bring you interesting and hopefully entertaining and informative podcasts about a myriad of topics. This time we're looking at how you become a psychologist in Ireland. Our two expert guests are Neve Doody, who's in uh, studio with me, and Alison Dillon, who's on Zoom. Both are trainee clinical psychologists, members of the Psychological Society of Ireland and the early graduate group, a special interest group of the PSI. Let's go Zooming first. Alison, starting at the beginning, what attracted you to psychology in the first place? Um, Well, I actually came into psychology in quite a long-winded sort of way. I did my undergraduate degree in business and law. um, And I found during my time doing business and law, I was more attracted to like the behavioral sides of business and the humanitarian sides of law than the subjects themselves are actually getting into business and their law. So I then went on and did a psychology conversion course. And um, what I was really attracted to was um, essentially being with people, um, which is what clinical psychology is all about, and using the skills that I've learned to try to listen to people and work collaboratively, collaboratively with them to try to make changes in their lives. And I think that's the most important aspect of psychology, making changes in other people's lives. And that's what yeah attracted me most to psychology. Let's go uh, in studio. Neve. what attracted you to psychology? Yeah, so at school, I'd, I was always interested in um, biology and kind of more the practical applications of um, science in clinical settings. So, you know, whether that be within um, hospital or community settings. And as I was kind of going through the leaving search, I was kind of juggling between, I suppose, kind of what, what way exactly I wanted to that to look like and there was just something about psychology and um, understanding about other people and their behaviour, the way the patterns of thinking and um, not just necessarily the mental health aspect but also understanding how the brain works and how you know how people in general more widely in society um, function so psychology was a really good fit for me and it's a great course you know primarily even just to to start to learn and understand about certain things like that about um, you know as I said about how, how people work in society, how mental health works, how, how we can help and apply, uh, you know, science to um, helping um, people improve their, their general well-being and mental health. If, if there are some people who are out there doing their leaving cert and thinking about going into this, what kind of points are we talking about to get this? Is it really, really high? It's varied. So there's there's kind of a couple of different ways to get into psychology. Mm. So obviously there's the direct route where you go straight in, um, do your, your leaving cert and do one of the, the many courses available in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um off the top of my head I think it's it's over well over 500 points I, I don't know exactly so well above my grade <laughs> um, but that's not I suppose that's not the only way to get in so mm. for instance um, a lot of courses offer psychology as an art subject um, so what you can do is take for example psychology with other 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 modules so maybe something like philosophy English um, any of the kind of the humanitarians and then afterwards when you finish your primary degree you can actually do a conversion degree so in order to be eligible um, for kind of a full membership of the PSI um, you need to have to bring it up so to bring up um, the qualification is to do one of these conversion courses so um, that's kind of one route and often actually many people 
we'll kind of start off maybe in something completely unrelated to psychology and find kind of like Alison, you know, that they, there's certain things about their course that they think um, that really interest them and that psychology maybe is more um something that they'd be more interested in so a lot of people actually will come back to psychology um, and do courses and kind of get back in kind of through through another route. It seems to take quite a long time uh, to to get there I mean is that something that you think might put a lot of people off Alison? Um, in terms of the length of time studying I suppose you've got to enjoy learning and if you enjoy learning, which I really do, um, I wouldn't mind learning about psychology for the rest of my life and I hope I will be. Um, I've just started my doctorate now and I'm really, really enjoying the whole learning aspect after having been out of um, the whole academic environment for about three years due to engaging in assistant psychology posts, research assistant posts. But um, it's actually quite similar to being a barrister in that you start off with quite low earnings um, at the start of your career and then you hope to make um, more money as um, you go on further into your career. But it is definitely tough. Is there a high dropout rate? There's definitely a high dropout rate after um, one earns their yeah, psychology undergraduate degree or even after master's level because people don't want to engage in this voluntary work yeah there is a high dropout rate and it's really sad because there's so many Irish people out there who would make incredible psychologists and there's so many Irish people out there who would love I suppose the career and um, there's also such a shortage of of psychologists in Ireland. So while both myself and Alison are trainee clinical psychologists um, our colleagues that will be completing the educational and counselling psychology doctorates um, don't receive training during their, uh, don't receive payment uh, during their training um, which means there's quite a big disparity between the different courses Um, but ultimately all three um, types of professional doctor trainees will be providing um, services to the public during their training. Um, so one thing that we'd love to see and you know it's something that the PSI is really strong and passionate about supporting is to make sure that um, the trainees um, in the educational, clinical and counselling are all seen um, in an even um, as even and offering um, valuable services to the public. Um, so one thing that we'd hopefully see um, in the next few years is that all three courses would be funded um, so that there's um, equality across the the three different disciplines. Do you have any idea how many people actually qualify annually as a psychologist? I guess that's kind of a hard number to answer. So Mm. the thing is, um, psychology is quite a broad term and it it actually encompasses a lot of different um, roles that people might do. But for instance, if um, just out of from the field that I know the most within clinical psychology, there's maybe about, I think, 60 graduates a year. Um, but as Alison mentioned as well, um, while there's, you know, there's a huge interest in becoming clinical psychologists, there's so few places, um, and not just clinical counselling mm-hmm. and educational, there's so few places on the, the courses um, that it's, it's so competitive to get on. And then actually the jobs on the other side, there's a lot of jobs there, um, but at the at present, we're just not training enough um, people to, to fill those posts. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, and we've been doing, met a lot of psychologists doing the uh, the PSI podcast. Everybody seems to love what they're doing. They really enjoy what they're doing. So let's, you've, you've done your years in college. You've now got your qualification. What's next? You've got your primary degree in psychology. 
um, and then after that, usually you'd have to get a master's. So a lot of people get a master's in a very general sort of area um, that will give them a good stepping stone onto a professional training course. So that could be, say, a master's in applied psychology. Um, and then after that, in terms of what Neves mentioned, we're going to look at specifically counselling clinical and educational psychologists today. Um, so after you've got your master's degree, which can be in any area, then you can go on or you can hope to apply to get on to a doctorate, which is a professional training program in either clinical counselling or educational psychology. So in terms of if you want to become an educational psychologist, you have to get a doctorate in educational psychology, which is a three year doctorate, which involves both placement and um, research. So once you've got your qualification, what's next, Neve? So a lot of the courses in Ireland, the undergraduate degrees tend to be um, kind of quite theoretical. So, um, for instance, you do a lot of um, lectures. While you do get uh, opportunities to do some research and in some courses you get the opportunity to be on placement, it's not really until you qualify do you get to actually start um, to work and apply what you've learned in a practical way. Um, so there's kind of two routes to, to do that. So there's one route, which was um, it's a job that a lot of people do, is called an assistant psychologist role um, and then the other would be a research assistant so in the terms of an assistant psychologist it's when you're usually working um, perhaps in a mental health service or um, an educational or school setting um, and you tend to be working with individuals and applying kind of um, psychological theory to help um, deliver interventions so whether that be to apply for example something like CBT cognitive behavioral therapy and um, maybe to a group of young people who are experiencing anxiety whereas if you're working as a research assistant you might be um, this is where you're really going to apply the research and statistics knowledge that you've learned at your in your undergraduate degree to a practical real world problem um, so for instance you might be looking at the effectiveness of um, a group intervention um, on depression for example and again with, with these roles they're they're unpaid roles um not necessarily mm-hmm. um so Historically, um, there there were a lot of, of roles such as these which were, um, it was expected where uh, people would work for free. Um, there has been a change recently. So since 2017, um, the HSC actually started to fund some of the assistant psychology posts in Ireland. Um, and often these are found, um, these roles are in primary care settings. So that's kind of the community, um, kind of the first port of call that people might um, go to for um, mental health within the community. Community. Um, so there's now, um, I actually don't know how many roles there are present, but there's quite a few and they're quite spread across the country. Um, but unfortunately, there's still some organisations where um, assistants are expected to work uh, in a voluntary capacity. And have, have both of you or either of you been out and got this experience? Yeah, I have. So um, after I finished um, my degree, I worked as an assistant psychologist first. Um, on the school age disability team in County Mead and this was a wonderful experience Um, a lot of the volunteer experience so it tended to be the case that a lot of assistant psychologists um, they start off with unpaid work and then you can move on and maybe after working two days a week unpaid for about a year you might get a paid assistant psychologist and and what exactly were you doing Alison? so I was um, scoring psychometrics 
um, under the under the supervision of an educational psychologist. Um, I was assisting with therapeutic groups, so I was working with say young children who had social anxiety or um, young children with autism, and I was um, facilitating therapeutic groups to. Um, help with a lot of social skills um, I was doing school observations this was all under the supervision of a psychologist um, so I'd go out to schools um, and I would go into a classroom and look at a, a child like observe a child in their school environment to see if they had any say symptoms of autism and this, I suppose, uh, brings everything you've learned together and puts it in, in, in the real perspective. Neve, what did you end up doing? I worked actually for two years as an assistant psychologist. So in the first role that I had, um, I was working um, on um, de- designing and developing um, an obesity prevention intervention for um, young children and their families. Um, so in that role, um, I did kind of a lot of background research. Uh, so look and reading. So understanding kind of um, the current state, I suppose, of um, obesity in Ireland, understanding kind of and learning about where the areas are and looking at um, what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then applying that knowledge to design then a programme, which is an eight week intervention that um, parents, it's designed primarily for parents would attend. Um, and then ultimately, when that was finished, then um, I ran that particular programme with a senior clinical psychologist. Um, so that was one of my roles. And then the second role that I had as an assistant was um, I worked in a child and adolescent mental health service or CAMS. Um, so CAMS is kind of the the second step. So most people will will primarily go to for psychological intervention first kind of go to primary care psychology. And if they require a bit more intervention or more um, intensive interventions, they'll go to CAMS. So I was there and I would have been working with young people who would be experiencing things such as anxiety, depression, um, have maybe perhaps autism or ADHD. Um, so in that role, I would have been supervised by a senior clinical psychologist. So which means just that my work is kind of monitored and making mm-hmm. sure that I'm doing the right thing. Um, and I would have been helping young people with anxiety, for example. So delivering interventions, also then helping running different groups and then also helping um, with uh, one of the other treatments, which is called family-based treatment for anorexia nervosa. So, if you have a particular interest in, say, autism or, or or you know anxiety or something, can you, when you apply to be an assistant, apply to get into somewhere that specialises in that? Yeah. Um, so, for instance, you have um, jobs do uh, become available in certain areas. So, mm. for instance, um, in the school the school setting. So, for example, if you are very interested in becoming an educational psychologist, a great way to learn about the role that an ed- an educational psychologist has would be to work with them. So, you'd you can apply directly for experience somewhere like that. Um, or, as you mentioned, if you have a particular interest in autism, you might try to apply for a specialist service. Um, unfortunately, there's obviously limited roles. Oh, absolutely. So it's, and, um, it's also quite a competitive, um, you know, it's a competitive field because a lot of people want the paid jobs. Mm. Um, but there's definitely opportunities there. And I guess um, one thing... Um, that's important to remember is just to be persistent um, if you are in that position where you're trying to get that experience is yeah. just to kind of um, to, to bear with it a little bit um, and it's worth it. The same as any other job you've got yeah. to be really persistent uh, Alison 
the the professional qualifications that you come out with at the end, there are different ones. What did they consist of? You could become a clinical psychologist, a counselling psychologist or an educational psychologist. And all of these programmes are they're quite distinct and quite different. Um, and the, but overall, they all require a mixture of research and producing a dissertation and um, engaging in clinical work. So typically, how long does it take from day one to becoming a psychologist? Well, if you go a typical route, you could spend, say, three to four years doing an undergraduate degree, then a year doing a master's or you could do one or two year master's. So roughly we'll say about five years studying. And then um, a person will usually spend on average probably about three years doing research assistant or assistant psychology work before getting accepted into a clinical counselling or educational doctorate programme. So in total, that would be about 10 years. Alison, firstly, just before we wrap up, what do you love about the job? I love meeting people, learning about their backgrounds and their difficulties and the challenges that they're facing and the different ways that I can help them. I love assessment and um, I also love engaging in therapeutic groups or facilitating therapeutic groups and I love um, assisting with therapy. So um, I really I really enjoy getting to know people, finding out how I can help them and then seeing the end result. Neve, same question to you. And hopefully Alison hasn't stolen all of your lines. What do you <laughs> love about be, the, the, being a psychologist? Yeah, Alison really summarised it really nicely there. Um, I think, yeah, as as Alison said, um, it, it's a real privilege to be in a position where you can help someone. Um, and I think that's what's really nice about being a psychologist. Um, and hopefully what I'll be able to do for the rest of my career is, you know, help people who um, who are in distress. Um, it's what's what's also great about um training in this area is that we're able to help a lot of people at different stages so um whether that be young people um i suppose people across the lifespan um and another really important thing that really appeals to me about psychology is that we everything we do is evidence-based so it means that we rely on research that's done with people um and we make sure that the interventions that we deliver um are proven are shown to work um so i think it's really nice coming from <clears throat> somewhere where we know that what we're doing it, it's going to work and we have evidence to show that it does um but also in in general i think one great thing about psychology is that we really try to look at all the different problems and try to come up with solutions for them um and i guess that's what's, what's quite nice about psychology and hopefully again working in the area um I hope to kind of advance the field as well and in the little way that I might be able to do um, with the skills that I'll have gained throughout, you know, my undergrad, my master's and and the PhD, you know, the the research skills. Um, And that's also something quite unique about this profession is that we have the skills not only to treat people, um, but also to research and understand and learn more about them and then design and develop interventions that can help them. Well, good luck to both of you. Thank you for uh, talking to us. And hopefully uh, this will encourage 
more people to enter into uh, your profession. That's Neve Doody and Alison Dillon, trainee clinical psychologists, members of the Psychological Society of Ireland and the Early Graduate Group, a special interest group of the PSI. For more information on undergraduate and postgraduate psychology courses, see the accreditation section of the PSI website at psychologicalsociety.ie. That was the PSI podcast. We'll see you next time.